0: or second presenter. Uh, Her name is Mrs. Beverly Gallimore Vernon. Uh, She has been a specialist, a special education specialist for over 20 years. She has over 20 years of classroom experience at the primary, secondary, and tertiary level. Beverly Vernon possesses a wealth of knowledge, techniques, and strategies for developing literacy in learners. Mrs. Gallimore Vernon is a graduate of the Northeastern Illinois University, the National Louis Louis University and University of the West Indies. She also holds a Master's of Arts in Special Education and a Master's of Education in Educational Policy and Planning. Furthermore, she she is certified by the National College of Education and Leadership Beverly Vernon worked with a number of organizations in Jamaica, namely the Michael University College Care Center and the Michael University, Ministry of Education through the National Educational Inspectorate, Principal at Maxfield Primary School, and presently she's a Principal at the Academic Charter School in New York City. Mrs. Vernon is a devout Christian whom is married to Terence, and together they have two children, Terencea and
1: Terence Junior.
0: Mrs. Gallimore Vernon, are you on with us?
1: Yes, I am. Good evening, everyone. Awesome. I am indeed happy to be sharing with you this evening. I wanna thank Miss West Blackwood for a preface in this conversation, because many of the things that I would have said in the initial stages, she went ahead and she spoke about them. But I just wanna to say to all the participants, I, many of you, I am assuming are teachers, some might be parents, or just in the whole education sphere. I want to say COVID has taught me to be even more appreciative of parents, teachers, and all the stakeholders who participate in making the learning experience what it is for our scholars. Today I want to talk about, you know, I noticed, as you would have heard, as the principal of a school here in New York, I had, we were at school one day, we heard about COVID, but COVID was just something that we heard about. Nobody knew how serious it would have gotten. We went into the building one day and we were rushed out and uh, we have been home since. But one of the things that I must say is that, and it makes me a little bit jealous because I would see how easy it was to access the equipment and material that made the learning so much easier but one of the things that was really baffling to us how would this take place how would we do this all of us were in a state of bewilderment but we made it happen and as i'm in a charter school and charter schools run a little bit differently ours run really just like we were in the normal building so, students had their classes online in the virtual platform. The planning, we had our common planning, we had our staff meetings, we had everything going on at the same time. But all of that was possible because we had the equipment to make it possible. So, we relied, we began to rely on the parents. We recognized that the parents wanted to help their children, but what we saw in wanting to help their children, they were telling. So we could not even do assessment because we could hear the parents in the background telling the student, one, and it's an assessment. So usually we would say, you know what, parents, we're happy that you really want to help your children, but please allow them to be a little bit more independent. So the parent became the teachers. So what we did, we recognized that in wanting to help their children, we had to provide them with the strategies to help their children. And we did this parenting workshop and the feedback from this parenting workshop was very, very good because we gave them tips and strategies in ways in which they could work with their children without, it is more empowerment than giving. So I am going to be asking Miss Morris to provide me with access so I can share the screen and then we will look at the presentation. It is, Whatever is here, the strategies that I will present is useful for both parents and teachers. I know that many of us who are teachers are also parents, so you can utilize these strategies to make your students empowered, to make the parents empowered, and you as a teacher and to look at the school and family partnership during remote learning. We must have a partnership you know sometimes as when we were in the physical building our parents would come in they would drop off their children and they would go and yes you have a civil relationship with them for some who would join the pta the relationship becomes a little bit more tight but overall we saw parents as important but then I know that back home in Jamaica we usually say okay they just drop the children off and by the time they drop the children off in September we don't see them again until it's time for graduation everybody's coming to ask if my child is graduating we recognize that there is a shift parents became the teachers we provided the strategies but the parents became the teachers so as we go through these slides I'm going to set up a slideshow and this slide said there is no skill on earth. Children want to acquire more than reading and many of you can attest to that that when we have children that are not reading, when we look at their faces and then we say try, look at it, but and you look at their faces and you know that they really want to learn to read, but they do not possess all the skills to do the, read the way that we want them to. So how is it that we empower them? So at first, I want to look at family literacy. And we say, what is this? What do we do as a family to promote literacy? And here, this definition states that family literacy is how a family interacts with the literacy materials, the text, the words, the illustrations. Family literacy can be practiced by reading books before bedtime, writing each other letters, playing word games, singing songs or cooking together while following a recipe. And here are 10 ways to improve family literacy. You know, this is a time that we rarely have a lot of family time. Back here in the US, Persons, some persons are going back to work but many of the families are at home they're having time to do all these things to promote family literacy i would parents are wanting to give their children the skills and i recognize that some parents weren't even aware that their children were not as good a reader as they ought to be because they're so busy and I can tell you some things that we take for granted back in the Caribbean and back home and and in Jamaica, that America is a panacea. I can tell you that it is difficult as well. Parents work very long hours and they do not have the time to, to invest. I know that I am in a I'm in an elementary school and the children reach school very early, they eat breakfast at school, they do after school, so this is at 4.15 and at 6 o'clock sometime you have to be calling the parents to come and get their children, the days are long, parents are not as aware of where their children are, but they have some time, so here are some tips. Read, 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 read books, magazines, newspapers, and digital print. Anything that you can get your hands on. You can read with your children. Children are on the street. There's the signposts. The things, if they go to the supermarket, they're reading. So in that way, if you're going to the market, you can promote reading with your children. Whatever it is that you can find to do, just read and then after you read you want to question your children you want to ask them about what it is that you read so you want to develop their comprehension so you ask this so here it is that we write the email so i was on to four where we're singing we're cooking together you're talking to your children about the recipe there's a box you can show them the words on the recipe you tell family jokes you play board games and word games together have a family game night you keep a family calendar make family to-do list and grocery list. write down wishes goals for each season you visit the library and virtual library because we are not going to the library and i'm going to share with you in the end some some sites that you can visit in terms of getting these digital Platform and Miss West Blackwood had shared with you some that you can easily access, and I will provide some others. You can create art projects together, display family artwork. So, this and this is a good way of having building family time. We have moved away from family time where we, it was only about the television, the telephone. This is a good way. COVID, even though COVID is a bad thing, but COVID would have brought us back to some of the common things that we used to do. I remember growing up and we usually have these family times. Then we never had any TV or if we had TV, it was a little black and white TV and you know the little movies. So and after a time it would sign off. I, that is telling you my age, right? So I know that we need to get back to some of these values because some of these values are good and solid and we really need to continue to build on them. All right, so here it is, that I have some students, three students, and it is saying that you know, the child is asking, why can't I skip reading tonight? And we have student A who reads for 20 minutes each day, and this is equal to 3,600 minutes a school year. And this student will read approximately 1, 1. 1.8 million words and then student B who reads for only five minutes each day and this equals to 900 minutes in a school year and this student will read approximately 262,000 words. Then student C reads only one minute each day. This equals to 180 minutes a school year. This student will read approximately 8,000 words. Which student do you expect to be the better reader? I would want to think that everyone here a uh, who, uh, what student is it A oh student A and why would you say student A
2: because um that student spend more time reading and um when he reads more that mean he uh he or she uh will visit more words mm-hmm. so that person will be better
1: all right and so oftentimes back home we usually hear about the children who the children who are uptown and the children who are from the inner city they have more books, and because they have more books, they are exposed to more words. If they're exposed to more words, then it, the larger their connection will be. Traveler, and so And so they're coming to school much more ready to be involved in the whole teaching and learning, so you have the disparity. And I'm not saying that these students who are in schools wouldn't catch up, but it would have to take a lot more time and a lot more doing for that teacher, for that student to catch up. So the more that we read to our students, the more words that they will be interacting with, and the larger their vocabulary will be. And now we want to look at ways in par- ways in which parents can support every child with reading. And it says that we, they serve as a role model, and so you serve as a role model, and let your child see you read. You know, children leave what they learn, and if we Embrace learning, you know, sometimes as teachers, as parents, we are reading a book and we're not so enthused about it. The children see what, what we are doing. And some of them will say, Oh, what you're not interested. You don't, I don't see you read either. We have to create that atmosphere. We have to allow that student to having a love for book and, and also reading. We can read our Bible. We can read a storybook. We can read to our children. We need to create a positive learning environment with established routines. And I know that I'm also guilty, though sometimes we said, I remember when my children were younger and we would want them to go read and do their homework. But we're telling them to go do their homework, but we might be watching the television. I don't know how we are expecting a child to be focused on what is happening within the book when we when we're laughing about it, maybe a movie or something so we need to create at the atmosphere where the child is able to uh, to learn so we need to turn the tv off we need to spend some time with the child so that the child sees that we're interested in what he or she is doing daily readings you want to read to your child daily you know going to bed you read a bedtime story or even while we're at home you, during lunchtime we could do a lunchtime reading but we have to develop that love for reading so the child too embraces and see that you value reading and they too will value reading all right so next we creating routines studies show that we learn best from repetition this is true when it comes to reading Developing routine is, routines is a great way to work on learning to read while t- taking some of the anxiety away from what we are supposed to do before, during and after reread. Here are some routines that we could follow. So you know that you're going to be reading a book with your child. Before you open the book, you can talk about the cover. So you take your child on a picture walk on the cover so you ask them to make predictions right so you just go through the book you do not have to be reading words you just flip the page and you turn the page and they look at they do a picture walk through the book then you play detective find all the parts of the book you ask questions before during and after reading you set aside independent and reading time each day let your child explore books of their own choice You take them to the store. You allow them to choose a book. You know, sometimes as parents, we want to choose the books for our children. Allow them to take to select some of the books. Track, print, and label pictures. I'm going to be talking about tracking the ways in which we can track. We count and study the photographs on a page. We talk about, uh, you know, when we are. Here's it that we are we are teaching reading. But we can also do, while we are reading, we are counting, we are doing some math. While we are reading, we are doing labeling, we are doing some art. So it is not only the reading of the words on the page, but it is that we can also be making that connection, we are integrating, we are doing more than reading, we are infusing other subjects while we read. We count and study the photographs on a page, we draw a picture, we visualize it, and you know what, I, there are some strategies that I'm going to show you a little bit later where we are allowing our children to think. We usually say we put on our Think caps, So we're going to be talking about that a little bit later, later. Read many forms of print each day, pictures, books, comics. And that came up before I saw that in Miss West Blackwood. She spoke about that. Magazines, newspaper, ebooks are some of the things that we can do. How do you select the book you read? We choose by purpose, interest, topics, recommendations, popularity, genre, authors, characters, or series, informational, <laughs> learning something new. It's almost 4th of July, so they're doing firecrackers. It's not a gunshot, <laughs> so we need to support children in selecting text in the same way. All right, so here is it now that if we're choosing, if we're helping our children to choose a book, we need to do a couple of things. You want a book that is not too hard, not too easy, but one that is just right. Use these tips to find a book that is just right for your child. And we call it the rule of five open the book to any page, read the words on that page count the number of words you cannot read. Use the hand to help you decide if this is a good book to read. One word, if you turn the page and the student is able to, just one word that they're unable to read, okay. Two words, still okay. Three words, the child may need some help. Four words, that's not the right book. It's a tough book for that child. Five words, two So, you know, sometimes as educators, we tell a child to go take a book. We have to give children book. We have to provide opportunities for children to be successful. So we have to give them leveled readers, books in which they're able to have a sense of purpose and they're feeling good about themselves. Because every time that I take a book and I can't read it, my friends are looking at me. My friends know that I'm unable to read that book. So we, while we are helping children to select books, we need to help them to develop their self-esteem. So that is one way. So the rule of five, we open the book. We, if, it, if a student is only able to read, to not read one word, that book is okay. And then we go through the whole process so that the child can have that right book. All right. So we look at different ways to read with your child. We have the read aloud, the echo reading, the choral reading, the follow me, the independent reading. We're going to be looking at each. So for read aloud, we complete a picture walk before reading. We predict and discuss what might happen. The child tracks print as you read. You ask questions before and during and after reading. You point out the illustrations. You use different voices for characters. The echo read, you complete a picture walk before reading, you predict and discuss what might happen. The child track sprint as you read, you read a sentence or page and have your child echo. Ask questions before, during, and after. For choral reading, we complete a picture walk before reading, predict, discuss what might happen, child track sprint as you read. Read read the story out loud together at the same time. Your child will use your guide if they get stuck on a word. Ask questions before, during, and after. So we see some common thread running through all the different strategies that we can use in reading, but very important that we're just not reading. We're we're allowing them to ask questions, and we're not at the end, but we're asking questions as we go through the reading. And then we have the follow me where you complete your picture walk before reading you predict you discuss what might happen child track sprint as you read begin by reading aloud then stop in the middle of a sentence have your child read the next word or finish the page ask questions before during and after and then the independent where you complete your picture walk before reading predict make discuss what might happen child reads aloud to you with prompts to utilize strategies when they get stuck on a word ask questions before during and after so as I said before we have those common threads where in all of the different types of reading that we can do with our children we need to be asking them questions we need to gauge their understanding because there are many times when our students you know that when we do I do assessments and we have children who are able to call words so you might have a child who is six years old and they're able to read all the way, call words all the way up to ninth grade. And then you ask them anything about what it is that they are reading and they do not have a clue. So make sure that whatever the child is reading that they're understanding, not only they're able to decode the words, but they're able to comprehend what it is that they're reading. Okay. There is a video, I won't do the video. So as your child is reading, provide wait time as she gets to an unknown word. And as we would have seen when we have the discussion and when we're watching the parents, they're not alone in school, the child has to go through the process. And again, I'm gonna show you some strategies that we use. But in the, while they're at home, the parents, by the time they get stuck on a word, you hear the parents blurting out the word and the child is not not able to decode the word so please provide wait time i know it might be frustrating you have other children that needs to be reading also but please allow that wait time you point to the picture and allow your child to think so you say think about it you show them the picture what could be happening within this story what is it that you think this boy might be doing so you are you you're prompting the child and allowing the child to think we speak about Gen X and Gen Alpha as uh, the, the kind of children. These children want to know why. They want the relevance. And sometimes we are not providing that opportunity for our children to be, provide, to, to be accessing the kind of, and thinking about why is it that we're doing this? Why is it that she want me to read? Why is it that this story? So we need to provide them with that opportunity so that they can gain their own relevance when they read the story. Prompt your child to try and read it. Ask your child to make the first sound of the unknown word. Provide two choices of possible words that make sense. Tell your child unknown vocabulary concepts. So reading is just not glossing over the word and calling. It is a process. If the child is to become an independent reader, you have to take them through the process. The process might be lengthy. The process might be time consuming but it is worth, it's an investment that is worth. You know, you go to the bank and you put in your money, so this is the same way that you're putting in your time and your effort in helping every child to be successful as a reader. Because if you can read, then, then you can, your imagination will just become so large, you'll be able to think and to do all these things. So if we have readers, then most of our problems would be solved because good readers are able to do math. Math is not only numbers now. Math is that word problem that the students have to analyze and create relevance and to build and to dissect. So what we really need to do is to develop that love for reading, invest, spend the time to create great readers. Okay, so before we spoke about some strategies that your child Well, strategies that your child, you can teach your children. Here we talk about you have pointer power, so you know you use your finger to point on the words. I am, I don't know if I... Are you seeing the screen properly? Hello? Yes, I'm seeing the screen. Okay, because I have a... I need to move this. Okay. Okay, I can read. I have pointer power. You know, we tell our children to point on the words. Point on the words. Use your finger. Run your finger. That is very, that is a very very important reading strategy that you have to use with your children. You need to tell them. And then here, when when we're having, you know, we go through different kinds of reading and then persons dressed up like they're Batman. And so you see this person with a cape and they're saying, I can read, I have point of power. So you're, they're using their fingers. So check your reading, check your reading. You ask, does it make sense? Does it sound right? Does it look right? So we're, the senses, we're bringing in the senses while we're reading, you're allowing the children to utilize all their senses while they read. So they're pointing, touch the word, you have picture power. You look at the picture. You talk about the picture. What do you think this picture is saying? The dog ran fast. How do you know that the dog is running fast? And the children can talk you through that. So they have pointer power. They have picture power. We have sound power. So that is where we're bringing in our phonics. They're able to sound out the word. They have snap power. So they're reading and they have to have rhythm because the fluency comes with your ability to read within a particular time, your flow, your fluency. So as you're reading, you're reminding them about these things. If you're, when you're reading, you need to use your finger to track the word. And then you teach them about left to right progression because you know students with special education needs, they would track the other way. So you have to point, you have to emphasize these things that they have, they're able to read from left to right. And left to right progression, so you, you're pointing that out. You're talking about the picture. So you have your picture walk and they're really having a discussion about the picture. Because the student can do, even before they're able to read, the dog ran fast. They're able to look at the picture of the dog because you have some of some children who are unable to read the words, but they're able to tell you to talk about the picture, encourage that. And then from the from the picture, you say to them point using their point of power to show them that yes, the dog is running. How do you know? Because the legs are extended, the tail is up. So these are some of the things that you really need to be doing. We have sound power and we talk about our phonics, our phonemic awareness, individual phonemes and all of that. So we bring them through the whole process, right? And then uh-oh, uh-oh. right. And then we have snap power, sound it out. Snap it out. All right. I know my time. I'm going to skip this video also. I can skip this one. We spoke about this one, what you do before. Okay. And the power of sight words, you know, we say to some children, Oh, remember your sight words. One of the things that we need to bear in mind, that some of our children are will have problems with their memory. They do not, they will not remember how to. For every word, as I said, I do testing, and sometimes you see the children looking around, and there is a word that they, the one that makes the most sense to me is when they, they see the word, eyes are there, and they tell you that you see, they're making the connection. So we need to develop these sight words vocabulary. We need to help them to build their sight words, but we can't just rely on sight words because where, you, where you're having gaps in memory, then you will not remember. Some things that you can help them to as they build their sight words, you can use your flashcards. You can get the stamp and you can stamp the sight words on cards. You can build them. You can use your popsicle sticks. You know, back home we say fudge sticks. And usually throw away the fudge sticks, but fudge sticks are very important. You can write words on them. You have the play doh. You know what I know? Many children have play doh, but we do not use it to teach the the the, the words. What we children just make anything, but we can use our play doh. We can use our paint, and we can paint words. We can we can write on the sidewalk with our chalk, and we can swat it. You know, so you play a game with it, if the, you can put it, what I usually do, I would say, if it's on the fridge, I would say, go t- go give me the word do, go give me the word. So you can play games with your children as you go through the process of developing their sight word vocabulary. But please remember that our students cannot always rely on memory. We have to give them, to teach them phonemic, phonemic awareness. We have to teach phonics. It has to be direct something that we have to do to ensure that students are learning their snap powers, their finger powers, their finger powers and their listening powers are things that we need to develop as we go. And I am almost done, and here I have some tools, you know, as we go through this COVID, and I can say it is hardly unlikely that we will be having normal school. I do not know of any school here in the US or even back home in Jamaica where they're asking for the space allocation to be six feet. I don't know that that can work and where we can have all the children in being safe. And we are hearing about a second wave. So we do not know. So we are having, we're looking at different plans, different kinds of ways in which we can open school. So one of the things that we need to become aware of are the various remote learning tools that we can use to enhance our instructions. The Our children on a Friday, we, we do virtual field trips and we, go, we do these virtual field trips. So we'd go to the zoo, we would go watch the Lion King, we would go to Mars, we visit various planets and we do that virtually. So yes, we can take our children, we can expand their experiences we do not have to be in the classrooms to have our field trips. We can have them on a daily basis. We can have them on a weekly basis, but we need to be aware of some of the tools that it is that we can use. And here are some tools, the Mentimeter, the Google Draw, the Ed Puzzle, the Aeropono, the Google Culture and Arts, Adobe Spark, Canva, Google Sites, Book Creator, Visme, among others that you can use. To help your scholars to become their best selves and to become great readers, because trying times call for trying activities, trying things. Because we, as we as we are forced to become creative in the classroom, we have to move outside of our comfort zone, and to learning must continue. The, Minister of Education, the various stakeholders are holding us to account for student learning, so we have to become creative as we try to empower our scholars, empower the parents, empower our scholars. We need to have great collaboration between parents and the school. If there's never a time that we need the parents to be on the best page, to be in a good relationship with parents, it is now because we have to rely on them to help us. We know that there will, we will be having learning gaps, so we have to equip our parents, we have to teach. I know that you have to start lobbying the government. I heard Miss West Blackwood say that she would give you a million dollars. You deserve more than a million because I know that back home in Jamaica, I had to, on many occasions, had to become a teacher, a financier, a beggar, all that it is to make school happen. so we really need to do what it is that we have to do we have to get the equipment in the schools we have to get the programs to get our students to become good readers so as I come to the end of my presentation I just want to say great readers truly love to read it is important that children find something that they love to read allow them to have their choice have a voice in what it is that they read let your child explore all different kinds of texts expose them to books magazines comics whatever it is model great reading for your child show them how you can gain new information as a teacher you can do that modeling also and again I want to really thank you if you have any questions I am open to the question I'm going to stop sharing so that we can have a discussion about anything that I would have said, any clarity, if I can provide further clarity. Okay.
0: Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Mrs. Gallimore Vernon. Uh, indeed, that was a very informative presentation. The strategies, the tools that you provided us with. Um, They're quite useful, and not only that, I'm sure that we all can agree that when we get our children to fall in love with reading, it would make a lot of things easier, you know, and they'll be able, if it's even, to survive in the world. So at this point in time, we would like to open the floor for any questions, any questions from our participants online. You can go ahead and type it in the chat, and I will be able to read it to uh, mrs rennon uh, mrs rennon someone is asking uh, this is karen bailey if you could share the first slide with the quote on reading uh i have a question would it be possible for you to share the presentation
1: I with- will, so i can send it to santano
0: awesome so that she could share it with the participant i think that would be great okay okay miss bailey so the, the presentation will be sent okay do we have any questions any more questions Karen Constance says she enjoyed the presentation. Awesome. Good
3: evening. Well, I wanted to chime in and just say, um, oh, let me turn on my camera. Go ahead Latoya. (laughs) Yeah, I just wanted to chime in and say that I think, uh, I just wanted to give commendations to Santana and, and the team, all of you because the the discussion the idea of having these discussions is very important in terms of you know even how today was planned i'm very happy that you know it's energy because i didn't there are a lot of things that were covered in the second presentation that you know complements what we do in terms of the book industry association i love you know how it, it, it really focused on reading um and laying that solid foundation and how you know all the different players come in to support so you know just chiming in to say that i really think that this is an excellent series in terms of um you know just looking at what we really need to be discussing as a community and just pulling all these energies together to see how we can move forward as was said you know covid is here and of course none of us really want this disruption to our daily lives and even for some people our livelihoods but at the same time one of the positives i think coming out of it is how it has made a lot of things that we have heard that are impossible possible in a very short space of time and i hope that even when even when we do find you know whether vaccine or whatever it is that's going to restore some kind of normalcy if you want to call it that um i do hope that it doesn't cut down on the pace because a lot of the things that we need to be addressing particularly with our children and young people they will remain urgent and as a matter of fact they're going to become even more urgent as we realize that things particularly related to technology and us living in a digital, an increasingly digital world, you know, addressing those gaps that exist and you know, seeing how we're going to kind of leap um, forward without the excuses as to you know, why we can't, but look at how we can do with what we have, uh, because if we don't do that, then we're going to have an even wider gap as it relates to inequality. And those people and communities who are already marginalized will become even more marginalized. And we literally cannot afford it. Literally in our dollars and cents way outside of just any morals or, you know, looking at peace and productivity with, on a bottom line scale, we cannot afford to leave anyone behind. And so all of these discussions are very important. I'm looking in the chat and I'm seeing someone asking, "What recommendation would you make for teachers who can only access their students via WhatsApp?" Well, I know of that situation um, for some for some students and and their teachers. And I never knew that there were so many things that you could do with WhatsApp. So you know they're really innovating trying um their best in those situations and i would say that if those teachers can access whatsapp in terms of what it takes to access whatsapp they can access other kind of basic easy to use and easy to access platforms as well so what i strongly encourage at this point in time is actually increased sharing and collaboration. I'm not sure how much that is being practiced, um, especially in spaces where the need is great, but I would say it is now time more than ever to deepen the, the collaboration in terms of, you know, um educators to educators, parents to educators, all the different um players as it relates to supporting our children and young people. So, you know, I also would say that educators can become more, I know that there are some who master like making connections with people outside of the education realm that can, whether philanthropists or organizations or whatever, but you know, if now is it, if, if you've never been bold before, now is the time to ask. Now is the time to package your, your learn to pitch almost a pitching, you know, is something that a lot of people limit to entrepreneurship and so on. But a lot of our schools and our educators are now going to have to, you know, step up their game as it relates to pitching because resources are limited. Everybody's looking at public health, but education is connected to to public health. So it's how you package your school, your needs, and getting what you need. And I see another question, so I'll leave that for my fellow presenter to, to chime in.
0: Okay, thank you so much, Mrs. Blackwood. We did have a question um, earlier, on, or earlier on from Mrs. Vernon. Um, let me go catch that one. Okay, this is from Karen, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Renan. What age group was being targeted in your presentation?
1: I was looking from uh-huh. from Kinder to two, but the strategies can be modified based upon the age. There are some things which are too basic for older children. But whatever it is, you can modify the rule of five Can be mo- that can be utilized right across because you have children who might be older, but they're still unable to read at a particular level independently. So we can, with the child, you can go through a book and see how many words in this book, how many words you miss. So it can, what if some strategies can be utilized for older children, because we have to also think about are they calling words are they understanding so someone had asked about independent reader if the child is independent at one level then you move them to the next level and you could go through the whole process to see what is their independent level in reading so it can be utilized across a wide cross section
0: okay great i was asking if they were targeting independent readers
1: i think you right that that as well. independent at what live at one level, because you have different, you have leveled books and you have books that are different kinds of book, different genres. So the child comfortable with comfortable reading. Okay. Awesome. All right. So that's
0: the final question that I'm seeing in the chat box so at this point in time i would love to turn over to miss um, Santana mars Santana, are you there
2: yes i am here thank you very much denisha um we have seen two excellent presentations they were clear understandable and engaging first of all let us all thank Mrs Latoya West Blackwood who gave an insightful presentation and she spoke about it from a community-based level so Mrs Blackwood thank you very much we really appreciate it and as soon as you send us your presentation we will circulate it to all the participants if you're here and you need access to the presenters presentations you can send your send us your email in the chat and we will take a note of all the emails and send you a copy of the relevant documents also um many thanks to our second presenter mrs beverly vernon who did an excellent job as well we are happy that we were able to hold on to these dynamic speakers especially during this busy time and this pandemic that seem to have us you know been busy doing many different things um for the persons who are here we really thank you for staying we had a bit of challenges earlier which um disconnected many of the participants but you know thank god we got it solved and we're here to you know to participate in this excellent presentation. Next week when we meet, we will have a panel of presenters, some of which will be um, from various entities across Jamaica. We will have a representative from the Minister of Education, a representative from the Jamaica Foundation for Lifelong Learning, and other stakeholders in the education system. to join us and talk about education and literacy per se. Uh, this will be on the 10th of July, and hopefully, all the persons who are here will be able to join us. We're looking forward to having you all. Um, as we go, thanks to our two moderators who are very, very helpful. Um, they were camp supervisors for our annual summer reading camps for the persons who are aware of it, Chanel and the who avail themselves to help us um, throughout this presentation. So many thanks again, the Danisha, um, and the chenille, we appreciate it. So next time we meet, we will be here on the 10th of July, same time, same date, same place, right in your household. So have a wonderful evening, everyone, until we speak again, Shalom.